0: Okay, welcome back to another Firewall. As usual, I'm your host, Bradley Tusk. With me today is both our usual Tuesday guest, uh, Hugo Lindgren, our friend and producer, as well as frequent guest and collaborator, Megan Collins. So, hi guys. Hey. Hello. So, a few notes for the audience. The the first is, this is coming out either late Tuesday or maybe even early Wednesday. Um, The reason why is Hugo and I did record yesterday and the oh, podcast are you, sure just, you should say all yeah, this. yeah oh my god the podcast was she tell <laughs> the people the truth yeah no you're it right, just you're it right. wasn't a good podcast and our view actually, was, it was uh, kind of a good podcast <laughs> it wasn't wasn't worth putting it
1: wasn't out there Good to put out there. I yeah. just I just want to throw one little thing in from the from this this will come out like in a in a bootleg tape in years it'll be very yeah. very the like yeah but the, the thing Bradley had this extended rant that I thought was actually kind of inspired about the Kennedy family maybe he'll even revisit <laughs> it at some point but it's you know it's, it's relating to the RFK jr. stuff and I have to say even as a, I, I work for John F. Kennedy Jr., I, I, I don't have any, I don't have strong feelings either way about the Kennedy sort of legacy yeah. or whatever, but, but it,
0: w- it was pretty entertaining. I'm just yeah. going to say that. So anyway, but <laughs> n- not going up. Maybe the bootleg takes one day. Um, so we're doing this instead. And the other thing is, uh, I noticed the other day, and this was totally like random, so we, we probably are not great at like commemorating things here, but that our 200th episode went up. Um, oh yeah! Yeah! yeah. Right. If there were some surprised. parades in some towns. Yeah, <laughs> some there, were, towns yeah there was a couple of. Them. And well, I thought back, to kind of the very beginning when we did this, and I just want to say to the audience, those have been, especially since then, thank you because. Um, it's been a growing process, right? We have gotten, I think, a lot better at this. Um, we have better quality guests. We have better questions. Um, we have better thematics. And look, I'm on more often. Hugo's on more often. Yeah. And um, look, I've gone from being pretty terrible at it when we first started to, you know, being functional now. So um, and building a podcast thank you. studio, right? And we're building a studio that uh, we hope everyone can visit on the Lower East Side. So, so where is it going to be? Why don't you remind the listeners? 180 Orchard Street. and uh, what's it, what's inside it's Inside of, of it's a part of what? store called P&T Knitwear, right. which will also be a cafe and event space. Uh, and, sells this, right. and sells books, right. And sells books. And it's opening this May uh, in, in Manhattan. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, Hugo, I, I sent you the list. You of did questions. Send me. So, I have, a, I have a revised agenda from yesterday. Okay. Um,
1: and Bradley's really doing all the all the stuff today because I, I have it all laid out here for So, I'm just going to read the first question, then we'll yep. get in. So, um, do we have any obligation to follow what's going on in Ukraine? As Americans, I should say. Right. Obviously, Ukrainians have a pretty significant reason so, to
0: follow it. I'm going to say, and this is not going to be shocking that I'm taking a somewhat anti establishment position here, but um, I'd say no.
1: No obligation.
0: I I have come to believe that this notion that a well-informed person is therefore a better citizen or better for society or anything else, um, I am not sure that that's actually true. And I think that um, ignorance can be bliss. And I'm not really sure why, quite frankly. And I'm probably combining a bunch of the questions to one. But in a world where everything is fucked up all the time, forever, Right. right? Maybe the most rational thing to do is to like not engage too much in the news and the world, and just do the stuff that you care about and believe in, whether it's a an issue or a hobby or anything else, and just let let it work that way.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, all right. speaking I, for another generation now, yeah, I was yeah. going to say on behalf of all millennials. Um, but I actually think that there it's a little bit more complicated in that there's no obligation for any one person to have to watch what's going on right now. I think mental health right now is something that everyone needs to yeah. be protecting themselves and doing what they need to do to get through the day that being said when you're talking about the issues that you're passionate about i just think back on when was it for me that i started getting interested in certain issues or having passion behind it and i think that's where being generally informed helps get to a place where people then identify or hopefully can what they care about and i think you really can only find that from those are
0: the kids that get beat up in high school I, as but I can speak to with experience.
2: Yeah, they end up being pretty great as adults, and I think that that's where you know. But you but Bradley, so that. this
1: is not this is not just a normal like crime story or or you know oh, something going on. It, it's a war, and it, it's also a kind of long simmering thing that that's that's decades in the making at the very least, and that and that really brings some pretty pretty interesting questions about where like our responsibility. For other countries, for for the safeguarding of our allies, for who are our allies? Ass- assuming
0: yeah. that that world alliance and order even still makes sense,
1: right? right? But like, I- isn't that something that we should talk about as citizens? And isn't it good if people are like reading up on it and trying to form like opinions well, or no?
2: Well, that was what I was going to say on the the topic of like everyone. There, I don't think that there are that many people that are completely uninformed. How we define that, but on social media, in between like pictures of a person's cat. Is now political posts, so people are still getting the news, even if they don't want it. But it's not even; it may not even be the news. I guess I would argue.
0: Maybe this is why I'm now that I realize that that I'm arguing for the ignorance is bliss category, which is I would say that our democracy in many ways is no different than it's always been, but two factors have made it completely dysfunctional: Twitter and Fox News Flash, MSNBC, and more broadly social media and cable news. Like mm-hmm. they have really been the, the fuel that makes polarization now completely widespread mm-hmm. and consensus absolutely impossible. And so if a lot of people get their news from Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or some other platform or on CNN or whatever it is, um, I think that's doing more harm than good to society.
1: Well, you know, one thing I'll say is that there's a lot of stuff about, you know, these just completely bullshit opinions out there about, like, you know, we should fight this way or we should send them this kind of missile or we should um, or we should have a no-fly zone or we should whatever the various, like, sort of options that get floated are out there. But I think on the general, like, following what's going on in the world, it's hard for me to see how that's a bad thing. Like, how – I mean, you're – you're not putting your head in the sand on, on what's going on in Ukraine. You're not like a crazy, like living every minute of it person either, but you're... Yeah, I'm interested
0: in it. I want to know what's going on with right. it, but not not minute by minute, and I'm not watching the battles of, you know, Kharkiv and Kiev and all these places. You that's know?
2: understandable, though, because what, what is watching the battle, like doing for anyone? Yeah. I agree. understand that. And what I'm, does it
1: even mean to watch it, right? I mean, we just see a couple yeah, of... broadcast. ...clips just, of this or that and assume that we have some... Concept of what's going on based on that.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Although I do have to say, I did enjoy, or enjoy is probably the wrong word, but um, I don't know if you saw the viral clip of the woman, um, the Ukrainian woman, who had sunflower seeds in her pocket. She went yeah. over to a Russian soldier. Um, it, yeah, it was like trending all through last week, but she went over to the soldier and started cursing him out and saying, like, you've entered our land and, you know, just being pissed. And then she said, take these sunflower seeds, put them in your pocket. That way sunflower seeds sunflowers will grow when you die here. And it was like it was it was. So it wasn't like (laughs) the sharing. I thought you were like she gave him
0: the sunflower seeds and it was a great moment. It's more like fuck you. Exactly. We are gonna kill you. And
2: she kept saying it over and over. She's like, put them in your pocket. At least flowers will
0: Well and look, the reality of these two things, which is sort of the worst case outcome for everyone, is the 40 mile long Russian military convoy will eventually conquer the Ukraine, right? That's gonna happen. But at the same time, just from what we're seeing from the personality of the Ukrainians, like you so we thought the vietnamese were a problem or the afghanis or the iraqis or whatever it is yeah. you know this may be just as bad if not worse
1: yeah yeah although there's also like a major performative element to all of it i mean that's the that's the part of it that makes it so difficult to i mean not that you, all ukrainians are performing for the cameras but certainly some are and some have a have an idea of where how that plays out in the world and i think that's that's the difficult thing about and, and it's certainly not just ukrainians doing that also it's it's every interested, engaged yeah. party, um, yeah. uh, engaging in some kind of propaganda um, to, to get their point across. And that's that's the other part of what you're talking about, Bradley, I think, in terms of, like, that's why it's so hard to follow. That's why it's so yeah. frustrating and annoying to try to get a clear view of, yeah. of what's happening because there's so many people out there, like, pushing their own. Right, so
0: l- let me take this back to 50,000 feet. <laughs> Is there such a thing as an absolute truth? Okay. Um, I, I, I th- might take it back down to 5,000 feet <laughs> then.
2: I think it's, well, I I don't think that there is, but I also think that on a, I I view the world events right now, and even US events that are going ignored because the media is so focused on Ukraine, whether that's right or wrong. But I do think that there's something about like the truth of humanity and that morality and empathy and this coexistence that, you know, the world has kept spinning on through all of this. I think there's something truth, there's truth to that. And so seeing these things play out, it's not like, I mean, feeling like we have no control over it is just debilitating. And of course, wanting to turn that off because what am I able to do? But I also think at the same time, like how can you take this and apply what you're seeing and apply like the, yeah, the bravery that I am seeing, I have to admire this. How am I bringing that back to the issues uh, here at home that I think we feel defeated, but at the end of the day, if they're still able to hold Russia back by a few days, I just think that I don't know. It's inspiring. There's truth to that feeling, but not well,
1: some of the questions are, are what you know. What can people as far away from it as we are? What what can we do? And I mean, Megan, you brought up this thing earlier this morning about what some of the response of some of the crypto exchanges to keeping no. their services yeah. operating uh, in in Russia. Right. Uh, Bradley, Which I'm cuts curious to both know, ways. What's that? Yeah. Which cuts both ways. Yeah. yeah. At best. So
0: w- w- how did you w- w- from a public policy standpoint, or it, just as a human, as an American? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. So I. I'm a true crypto believer, Bitcoin Maximus, all that stuff. With that said, if the Russian currency were Bitcoin and not the ruble, uh, a significant number of sanctions that have been imposed would be less effective. Um, So the the SWIFT thing wouldn't exist. Uh, You know, so many others couldn't really freeze people's accounts. Um, you, You really, it would just allow for much more mobility and flexibility. So... That's a you know a good thing to realize, right? And so, okay, if countries are going to start adopting, like El Salvador has, Bitcoin as their currency, this risk clearly exists that we need to think through and be able to handle. Um, so that's the the bad. On the flip side, um, Russians who can get their money out of rubles before it keeps getting more and more and more deflated, um, and put it into cryptocurrency of some kind. Clearly, I want them to be able to do that. Why do you want them to be able to do that? Because why should the average, the average yeah. Russian person has nothing to do with Vladimir Putin. Especially ones that are Well, but, but
1: all all of the, uh, you know, all of the, the sanctions are not directed personally at Putin. They're directed at the Russian people, so they put pressure on Putin. I, I That's understand. what a sanction but, is, but right? I, st- I still don't want... So go if, you, if you say, well, yeah. we can't actually do that because that might hurt people, but what's what's the point of any of these things? Well, I think of it as, like, George
2: Bush was our president, and I, like, I'm sure, I don't know where your stance was on the Iraq war when it was happening, but i think that there's a difference in like the leadership and then the people there there absolutely is
0: i'm just saying the point of sanctions is not to direct i I get it right like it seems to me that that's true but ultimately the result of that is putin who's like a trillionaire literally because he's the you know biggest thief in the history of the world is fine no matter what and then people who are already living at the margins you know, their money goes, you know, that much less far, which, by the way, is it's like I don't think people at the margins in of society are putting their, their rubles into well, the, crypto. That's so my so point, so. which that's, is like, yeah. I don't think you have to worry that much, because I think the number of people who would take advantage of the scenario lay out is pretty small. Right. But they are people, potentially politically
1: connected people who might be able to do exert some pressure internally. But, right? Hold on. No?
0: Can't, is that a real thing? Uh, it, of course,
1: it is. It's and, and even even dictators have to pay
0: attention to people to some extent. I mean, I guess. Or or what? Why would Putin not take ten people, make an example of, and literally chop all their heads off? Which is what he does all the time, anyway. Like, he can shut that down pretty fast. No, I'm sure
1: he does that all the time. But but the the question is is like. You you in order to get rid of Putin, you need to you need to create pressure on him that's internal in some way, right? I mean, well, it, it, like
2: yeah, and I think it comes exactly. down to who is accessing crypto. Like, is it the folks that are benefiting from Putin's dictatorship, or is it the folks that need to be able to at least afford to get food for their kids before they're starving in Russia? I think that's you know yeah. It, I mean, look, that,
0: it seems like look realistically speaking, I don't see a world where the Ukraine. Fully rebuffs Russia, and Russia says, "Okay, sorry about that," and they go home. Right? right. That seems very unlikely. So it seems it's already not happened. Yeah. So <laughs> what are you, what are your two possibilities? You know, one would be Russia takes over Ukraine, annexes it; it's now part of their country, and then kind of it's hard to know what where it goes from there. Or, and this may be the more likely outcome, which is they take some parts of it but not others um, because of all the economic pressure on the Russian stock market and the ruble and everything else, Putin does have to make some kind of concessions and he ends up sort of negotiating some sort of face-saving deal that part of the Ukraine has now become Russia um, but part of it is not so that theoretically that buffer between Poland and Eastern Europe and Russia still exists. Let's switch to a, a related subject which is uh,
1: uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. It'll be out sort of later in the day Tuesday. But tonight is uh, the State of the Union Address um, by President Biden. Um, are you going to watch, Megan?
2: I am. But the question of whether someone needs to, I don't think they need to. But Why, I, do,
1: you, why do you want to?
2: I actually don't usually watch it. Right. Um, I am curious because, one, I support Biden. I'm a Democrat. Um, I'd like to be one out of the... There's hopefully 37 percent yeah <laughs> but hopefully you know shows that there's have you been rig. called up
1: recently to ask your, approval? <laughs> ask your approval i was gonna
2: say well i have them on the phone but uh <laughs> yeah i, I actually want to know what the priorities are um from the administration right now because i don't i think we've just had you know our ass kicked and i would like to know if the prior for instance abortion i think is something that is still somewhat talked about in the news but it's largely going mm-hmm. ignored um i think it's the one of the biggest existential crises this country's facing right now. I also care on a personal level on the LGBT bills that are going around this country. And I think that Biden campaigned on this stuff. I'd like to hear him talk about it in a way that actually kind of like to the centrist and to the progressives, what the priorities are, and if it's not mentioned, like what does that mean on the advocacy front? Because if our president isn't even talking about it in a real way, then what kind what, of hope what are your rate? expectations? Well, I'm sorry, yeah. I just
1: want to just follow up on that. Oh, I have
2: no expectations. So you None. think you expect to be let down? I think down, it's incredibly boring every time. But
1: no, I just mean on that particular question. On
2: oh, I have no idea. It, I gotta but be then honest, the real yeah. question
0: becomes: so there's what he can name check and kind of reference that like people feel good in some way. And there's what he can actually execute. And well, see,
2: that's the thing, though. Right. I don't think people are going to feel good because right now it's like we are seeing it happen.
0: Feel, feel good in the sense that the that the, he cares. That, yeah, that he mentioned your cause. Yeah, right? but I,
2: but I think especially for LGBT, it's important because it's only very recent and like relative to modern history that we're actually being acknowledged. But I also think, for instance, on abortion, like they just tried to do the bill yesterday. Obviously, it didn't go through. Mansion being one of them, like is biden talking about it in a way that's like yeah let's just acknowledge that this is happening or is it something that is a priority i would like i mean at the end of the day i don't think there's a black and white way to solve it at this point abortion is a really controversial topic it's also life and death so i would like to know that it is still top of mind even though we are in a global crisis right
0: but but what would to to me be a more effective meaningful thing both in terms of as as a constituent. And look, I wrote for state-of-the-state state addresses in Illinois, I've worked on state-of-the-city, so like, is... Did you
1: think of those, w- no. when you did it at the time, that it was kind of a bullshit process that you just had to engage in, or no, you, because you thought it
0: was meaningful? It, well, one, it was my job, so I thought it was meaningful. Two, <laughs> two um, no, because I needed to set the agenda for the next year anyway, right. and my goal is which wouldn't shock you, to do as much as humanly possible. So I pushed everyone as hard as I could. So it was a useful process to generate ideas and information. But then, taking back to your point, Megan, what he should say is we've been working on this problem, mm-hmm. and I'm issuing an executive order with the health and human services is now to provide these emergency mobile clinics in Texas, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. But fucking do something. Exactly. Right. And I, my, my fear is what you're going to see tonight is. Three categories. One, lots of lip service to stuff that he hasn't put the work in to actually do anything about. Yeah. What would you just throw in that bucket? So that could be, Nothing. you know, uh, it, it could be abortion. He could claim something about guns or climate. You know, he's done yeah. very little right. on any of this stuff, right. right? So that's that group. Okay. Then mm-hmm. there's a small group of things that either he can and will do via administrative action that he right. has led the jurisdiction to do uh-huh. and or meaningful news on Ukraine. Right, We are imposing these new sanctions, we are sending troops or weapons here, whatever it is, That that's meaningful. And then the third group that becomes meaningless again, even though it's the stuff that the press will pay no most attention to in some ways, is all the shit he calls on Congress to do because none of it's gonna happen, Yeah. right? right? So like, right. okay, he can make a list of priorities, so can we, like, yeah. they're about equally likely. So, okay. you know, um, the reality is, the speech, you know, the the piece of it that actually is really even possible for public policy is fairly small, and if the Biden administration wants to sort of make the case as to why they deserve more than thirty-seven percent support, show that you're like on on the game and thinking about stuff and coming up with ideas and yeah. like. All right, brother, I'm going to I'm going to
1: play a little trick on it's not a trick, but the question that you ask most of your guests. I'm, I'm well, not hold to hand. So okay. when I was
0: deputy governor, we issued an executive order. That barred pharmacies from refusing to dispense uh, abortion pills, just mm. drugs, right? And okay. went to court. I'm not even—I don't remember where it ultimately landed. I'd probably gone from the state by then, right? But like, until we were forced to remove it, there was this trend that was happening, and we figured out a specific way to yep. do it. Took a little bit of legal risk in the sense that it could be overturned, right? Um, and we did it. So like, that's good governing.
2: Exactly. No. Okay. Ahead. Okay. But so let's let's
1: let's stay with good go- good governing. Um, you, we're giving you the magic wand. You can take over All the right. speech writing apparatus <laughs> of the Biden administration today. You have you have this afternoon no to uh, to to write a speech that you think does the things you want it to do. Um, I guess two questions. What's in that speech that's going to be different than what he's going to do? Yeah.
0: And two, what do you say about Ukraine? So my speech, as you can imagine, would be far more action oriented than I think what we're going to see tonight. <laughs> so it would be a lot, like there should not be any Flying part cars the would be in there for sure but there should not he's gonna fly up to the podium (laughs) um, (laughs) there should be nothing in the speech where it's not there's a tangible action that has happened or is about to happen or you're doing in some way you if you can't talk about what you're doing about it it shouldn't be in the speech at all right so ultimately if you take the three buckets I just gave before there's gonna be a lot of hollow rhetoric on stuff that he's not actually doing anything about there's gonna be some small subset of things, let's um, call it domestically for the moment, that he right. can do via executive order, and he'll call for a bunch of shit from Congress that's never gonna happen. He'll also, by the way, take 20 minutes to congratulate himself on, on you know justice, or coming justice, Kontaji Brown. And by the way, she seems amazing, like, it's yeah, great. Yeah. But at the same time, this is still the block. it was a vacancy, like it's a blocking and tackling of the job, dude. It's not like, you're not accomplishing, she accomplished something, you didn't really accomplish anything.
2: Yeah, it's hard to, you know. It's
0: so you're not going to watch, though?
2: Yeah, no. are you? Oh, no, no,
0: definitely not. Uh, the only thing that would maybe draw me in a little more would be if, there was, if we knew there was going to be some major announcement on Ukraine mm. like, that really was different, that would maybe get me. But even then, I think I would just wait till the speech was over and find out what it was. <laughs> you know? Yeah,
2: there, I mean, well, that is where Twitter can be helpful. Like, you just get a thread, and it yeah. is right there.
0: Yeah. Although you have to wade through and, so much. I
2: know. But that's where you can pick. I think it also comes down to, like, how people are, what are they choosing as their news sources? What are they choosing as their, tw- like, who are you following on Twitter? Like, I I, I wouldn't completely knock <laughs> Twitter. It's, a, like, horrible, but it's also kind of great. And I also think for young people, um, I don't know how they would get involved or, like, activate themselves. And they are definitely, you know, ten times more active than millennials or even i just think that social media has some positives and not having to watch state of the union getting a 30-second yeah. digest Fair
0: could enough. be the, t- the tick
2: <laughs> yeah, the TikTok version
1: bradley do you this isn't on the revised agenda that i got but did you okay. want to talk about your your so bradley was was laid up with COVID, as, as uh close listeners of the, of the podcast know and um his uh his, um, his uh, his consumption of books and television shows, already superhuman, went into some kind of uh, alternate universe. Um, do you want? You don't even have to list them. You just want to give the one book and the one sure. The, I would the say the one the, show the, or list him, whatever you want. It's your podcast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would couple couple of shows that I would call out. I, okay, I thought inventing Anna was very fun. Okay, uh, yep. stupid but fun. Yep.
1: even though the journalist is the heroine in that, you you you, you get you
0: endorse. She's it. a little self righteous and annoying. Yeah, okay. yeah. but it's uh,
2: entertaining. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I would say, because I watched the last season of You're the Worst, which had been on a while ago, it's just my first time right. I, I read, seen that. I yeah. love that show. That's okay. sort of the best show. But then there were a few things on Apple, especially that show Suspicion, right. that I, oh, I need to watch really that. enjoyed. So that's on the TV side. Um, the best book of the five or so that I read in that period was uh, Olga Dies Dreaming, okay. um, which is a novel about a Puerto Rican family in Brooklyn. And kind of what captures it well is it, it really does capture the same experience that probably every immigrant group has in this city but it also at the same time captures what it means to make it in New York um, and, and you know in a big way too so yeah. it just it felt like it, co- it covered a really wide array in a book that was just entertaining the whole
1: time now where are you on your reading for the Gotham Book Prize are you all the way through what you need to do or are you um, no, no
0: no I'm not um, you know one thing I have realized though, though maybe this is now, we have a whole podcast, I wasn't saying anything's gonna be in trouble, and now I'm going to the last <laughs> minute.
1: Which is, th- so this is for the true listeners and yeah. the ones yeah. who hang into the Ooh, end, yeah. you're about so to get the read hey, are good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's 10 nominees for the book <laughs> prize,
0: right? Um, if I'm fifty or hundred pages into a book and I know I don't like it, I'm not going to vote for it. I but stop
1: reading it. Oh, that's legitimate. I don't yeah. think that's a.
0: You th- don't think that's a problem that I'm no, not. No, if
1: you give it look. If you, if you said I read three pages and if I'm not into it, I abandon it. But if right. you read the 50, whole point pages. is to
2: get someone to read it through and absorb the story. I'm I'm also a believer of like if you start reading a book and you don't like it, put it down.
0: Right. Like life's too short. Well, Here's like a super. I'm going to close on a super depressing note. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Ooh, you are what? 30. Thirty. 30. Okay. Jesus, you just get at yeah. age. Because well, so. she was thirty. Well, oh, Bradley thought
1: know.
2: I was like twenty-five 60? up until like last month. So. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were twenty-five. Um, <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, so let's give you seventy more years yeah. of living. Let's say you read fifty <laughs> books a year. Yeah that's only 3,500 more books left to, to read in your life. That's a lot of books. Yeah, that's it's not. I don't no, but see, it's for you, Of like, the millions yeah. of books out there, it's a very limited number, which means you should never waste time on a book you don't like.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that, with that number in mind. I yeah. think that's
1: true, although I do find, I'm I'm listening to a book on, on Audible right now. It's called The Last King of America about George III, and it is huh. 35 hours, I think, and oh I'm kind God. of like... And, and so I'm only on, I'm only like seven hours in and I think like and they go into like oh, super no, detail. Are you like, gonna make
2: it? Yeah, Hugo, that's a long time. Yeah. I don't I, know I, I would have banned this shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fucking I did ask if it was good. I gotta thank it. you all. All right, thanks. thanks.